and welcome back to Regarding Rocky Top. This is episode number five. Today we will cover both the men's and women's basketball team's draws. Both made the tournament and we'll look at their first round matchups as well as their path in the tournament. As you can tell, it's just me today. Davis is out this week. He's away on vacation. And today's episode is going to be a little bit longer. It's going to be more of a global look at the NCAA tournament instead of just focusing on Tennessee like we do in other episodes. So let's get started. The big news, obviously, Tennessee men's team grabbed a four seed in the selection show on Sunday night. They are matched up against the Sunbelt champion Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who are 26-7. and They won their conference tournament at the very start of last week. And Louisiana, you know, 13 seed, 13 seeds have been known to spring upsets. It's not as common as a 5-12, and I think Tennessee can be happy with the four seed despite having double-digit losses, and obviously losing Zakai Ziegler, sometimes a committee will ding you if you don't look as good without a player that's done for the season. But nonetheless, Tennessee grabs a four seed in the East region. Louisiana, they're 89 in net rankings. They're a very good defensive team. They don't give up more. They give up less than 70 points a game. But in this matchup, you know, Tennessee, for all their faults, all their warts, etc., Rick Barnes has never really had trouble in the first round at Tennessee, and he's been a high seed, whether it's a five, a three, or a two. And he's always, for the most part, handled business in the first round comfortably. I mean, last year we saw them do it against Longwood. They beat Longwood handily. And now they face off against the Raging Cajuns in Orlando. Tennessee will be about, right now, they're about 10.5, 11-point favorites in this one. And, you know, you never want to look ahead, especially in March Madness. We've seen it too many times. Teams get nipped in the first round. And this Tennessee team, you know, the national pundits are saying they're a very vulnerable team. And their performance at the SEC tournament didn't do anything to comfort that. They beat Ole Miss, who they should beat, and then lost another close one to Missouri where they couldn't find a way to win late. So Louisiana certainly poses a threat. They're no slouch. Sunbelt is a solid conference. And they're a 13 seed. The committee viewed them fairly strongly. But with the way Tennessee plays defense, it is very hard for me to envision a team like Louisiana being able to score enough, even if Tennessee's offense is inconsistent and can't knock down a ton of shots like it has been really for the last two months. I still think there's too much talent, too much offensive prowess for Tennessee, even if they're not knocking down shots, they know they'll get better looks. Louisiana isn't as great defensively as Tennessee, which really nobody is in the the country except for maybe Houston. So Tennessee, if they can stay out of foul trouble and, you know, do the simple things, don't turn the ball over, make free throws, stuff that could allow an, an upset team like Louisiana to hang around because Tennessee's missing front end to one ones or they're making bad passes that give Louisiana free extra possessions. If Tennessee can stay out of that stuff, I really don't see them having too much trouble with Louisiana. Another note on the Raging Cajuns, Louisiana is one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the field. They only shoot it at 68%. That's bottom third in the country. So Tennessee has an advantage there. You know, even if they pick up some fouls, Louisiana is not going to salt a game away late if they have a lead. Now, we've seen Tennessee struggle 
went down late, but at least that's a positive sign is, you know, if Tennessee's down late and they have to foul, you feel a little more comfortable against Louisiana than you do against other teams. Then obviously the big headliner is the 5-12 matchup in their region, which they would get the winner of Duke Oral Roberts, and both those teams are very well known. Oral Roberts, known for their 2021 Sweet 16 run, the key cog in that team, Max Smith, is back as a senior this year. He's averaging north of 20 points per game. Both teams very hot right now. Oral Roberts owns the longest winning streak in Division One. Meanwhile, Duke just came off winning the ACC tournament. They looked great in that tournament. They took down the likes of Virginia and Miami, two of the top dogs in the ACC. And, you know, on paper, Vegas probably would have Duke as a favorite if they come out on top versus Oral Roberts and face off against Tennessee. And a lot of national media is kind of penciling the Blue Devils into the Sweet 16 as long as they get by Oral Roberts. They're kind of saying that's a tougher game than the Tennessee game would be in the round of 32. And I understand that. Tennessee has not looked great. They've been under 500 over the last month. They have not won a road game since January. I know all the all the statistics going into this, and we've talked about them on this podcast. But I'm, I wouldn't be so quick to write off the Vols if they get the Blue Devils. They match up better stylistically with Duke than they do Oral Roberts. Duke's more of a defensive-minded team. They're not going to score 80 points on you. They're not going to try to get into a track meet, which that plays into Tennessee's advantage. We've seen when they've muddied games up against the lights of Kansas and Alabama, both both of which are number one seeds, they've made them, both those teams, play Tennessee's style. And other teams that are similar to Tennessee's style, like a Mississippi State, Tennessee has done better against than the teams that like to run and gun like Missouri. So I think that matchup with Duke favors Tennessee more than you think and more than the national media will tell you. If they if they draw Duke and are able to keep that game in the 60s, it's going to come down in the last five minutes. And Tennessee fans probably don't want to hear that because Tennessee in the last five minutes in close games has not won one. They have not won a game trailing with five minutes to go, and that's a very scary sight. Now some could say, all right, then that means they're doomed against Duke if it's that situation. I'm not as quick to go there. I think they're a couple plays away, and maybe we don't have the playmakers to make those plays, and that's that, and this team is what it is. But I wouldn't holistically write off, if they're trailing with four or five minutes to go, that that game's over, Tennessee can't find a way to win. To beat Duke, you'd need guys like Josiah James, Jemai Meshack, Tyreek Keeven to step up and make shots. That game's going to come down to who can make open shots, who can get the 70 points maybe. And Vescovi's been great. I mean, we, he was great in the SEC tournament. You're, you can count on him really at this point with Ziegler out for at least 15 points on pretty efficient shooting. But you need guys like Josiah in that Ole Miss game. He was awesome. And then he was a ghost in the Missouri game. And you can't have that if you want to beat a team like Duke or Oral Roberts for that matter. So if Josiah can show up, if guys down low can handle their bigs and Filipowski and Lively, which are two great dynamic big men, but I think Tennessee has the guys to rise to that occasion. They play a great team defense that guys like Kamwa, Adu, Plavchich, they could maybe mitigate those two guys enough where Tennessee is in a position to win. I'm not going to give you predictions on Tennessee because I think there's a myriad of ways this can go. I am confident they beat Louisiana in the first round. And if they draw Duke, I'm just saying 
don't assume it's a loss. Don't let the line or whatever the, the CBS guys are telling you that Tennessee has no shot. They have a very real shot against Duke if they play up to their potential like we've seen against Alabama, Kansas, Texas, etc. Moving on. Anyways, one last thing on Tennessee. They play Thursday night at 940, and then they would play Saturday if they make it past Louisiana. So Thursday, Saturday draw for the Vols. Obviously, next week we'll be either be we'll be breaking down whatever happens this weekend, regardless, and we might be looking ahead to a Sweet Sixteen game. We don't know yet. We'll unpack that next week. Moving on, I'm going to preview all four regions in the NCAA tournament, and then we'll get into some Lady Vols at the end of the podcast. Starting off in the top left region in the bracket, Alabama's region, the South region. I'm going to give you an upset pick, a dark horse Final Four team that can make a run pick, and then a final my actual Final Four pick for each region. So starting in the South, my upset pick is number 11 NC State over 6 seed Creighton. Now, Creighton's a, a Ken Palm and Net Darling, which for those d- that don't know, those are advanced metrics that track really everything that comes to every college basketball team. And Creighton all year has been graded very highly. I mean, they were preseason top 15 club. They have a lot of talent. They have a great center in Ryan Kalkbrenner. But NC State, a lot of that, a lot of people had them go into Dayton for the first four. They get in unscathed. They don't have to play in a first four game. This game, they play on Friday in Denver. Creighton has more... On paper, a better team, more talent. They love the score of the basketball. They got a great transfer guard in Baylor Shireman, if people remember. He was South Dakota State's star player last year when they lost in the first round. But NC State has star power, too. They're led by a great point guard, second team All-SEC, Terquavion Smith. They have another great guard, Jarkel Joyner, both of which score 17 points or more. And you're going to hear me say this a couple times throughout this episode. Guard play is so important in the NCAA tournament. If you have good guard play, that can carry you very far. We've seen it time and time again, whether it's Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier. I mean, even last year, the duo of Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, those guys were steady hands at guard. Experience matters too. Jarkel Joyner has played in the NCAA tournament before with Ole Miss. So... NC State has the horses in the backcourt to hang with Creighton, and I think they might be better than Creighton's guards. And then down low, they have a throwback big in DJ Burns, who Tennessee fans might remember. He came here back in 2018 as a freshman, redshirted, never saw the court, transferred to Winthrop, and now he's in a post-grad year for the Wolfpack. This game is going to be high scoring, seven in the 70s, probably the 80s. And I just think... Creighton has never really lived up to the expectations people had, and they, people are kind of too optimistic around that team. They might just be what they are, which is a six-seed caliber team, middle-of-the-pack team in the country. And NC State has shown their ability to beat good teams. They beat Duke by 20 points back in January. They beat Miami, and they lost to Miami again in a nail-biter. And both those – Miami lights plays a similar style to Creighton, and I think – That style benefits NC State more than a slow-it-down, muck-it-up type of game that Virginia or a Clemson in their conference likes to play. 
So that's my upset pick. I got NC State going all the way to the Sweet 16. I got them knocking off Baylor too, but like him in the first round over Creighton. I also, two other upsets to keep your eye on in this conference, in this bracket. 13 seed Furman. Virginia has not won a tournament game since 2019. They got picked off by Ohio back in 2021, and obviously we know what happened in 2018 against UMBC. Uh, I'm not sure if Furman can pull, will pull it off, but I think they're more than capable. They've got two great fifth-year guards. Mike Bothwell is the name to know for the Paladins. And then another one to keep your eye on, College of Charleston, 31-3, and great regular season. They won the CAA Conference Tournament, left no doubt in the committee's eyes. They go up against San Diego State. I think San Diego State, I'll touch on them later, a couple minutes here, as they might be my dark horse, but the Cougars of College of Charleston, they're a very good team. They don't have one guy that's 18, 20 points per game like some of these other mid-majors do, but they're a very complete team. Great coach in Pat Kelsey, who's been in the tournament multiple times before at Winthrop. Now he takes the Cougars. I think they're more than capable of pulling off the upset against San Diego State, so keep an eye on both Furman and College of Charleston. Now into my dark horse pick. I know I just pumped College of Charleston's Tigers, College of Charleston's tires, but my dark horse pick to make a run is San Diego State. The five-seeded Aztecs, very experienced team. They do not start a guy that's not a junior or senior in their lineup. They have a 2,000-point score in Matt Bradley. They play great defense. They're going to grind it out. They have guys who are savvy veterans that are not going to be altered by the moment. They're not going to be nervous, etc. Great coach in Brian Dutcher who's gotten this program consistently into the NCAA tournament. They haven't won a game since 2015, but I think this is the year they break through. I know College of Charleston, I just said they were good, but I think the Aztecs can handle them. If they beat them, I like their matchup against Virginia or Furman. And then they go into the Sweet 16 against Alabama where I'm not sure if they'll beat Alabama, but I think they could give Alabama a game. They are going to slow the game down against the Crimson Tide. They they have the defensive guys and a guy like Matt Bradley who can match up with Brandon Miller to an extent. So keep an eye on the Aztecs. They could very well make a run and surprise some people. But my final four pick, the team to make it to Houston out of the South, I got the Arizona Wildcats, the two-seeded Wildcats. They have a great, maybe the best front court in the nation in Tubelis and Ballow. Both those guys average... More than 15 points. Tubelis is a little more, spreads the floor more. He plays the four. Was an All-American, just announced this week. And Ballo is your more throwback, down low, post big. But both those guys present such a difficult matchup nightmare. And I, I don't think this is stre- stressed enough in the NCAA tournament. If you're playing an Elite Eight game or around a 32 game, you're working on one day of prep. Because you got the Sweet 16 or the round of 64 two days before, and then you got an off day, and then game day. And a matchup of Tubelis and Ballo on short notice is very, very difficult because most teams don't have big men, two big men, that can match up with those guys in their starting five or at the top of their bench. And I think that if you if they drew Alabama in the Elite Eight, giving Alabama only a day to prep with really only Betty Ako down low is a guy that could handle these guys. I think that would give Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide a lot of trouble. 
Arizona, I mean, we saw it in the Pac-12 tournament. Everyone was working on basically 12 hours of prep for them, and they ended up winning the conference tournament this past Saturday. So Arizona to make it out of the South region. Now moving on to Tennessee's region, the East region, where Purdue is the number one seed. My upset pick in this region is the Montana State Bobcats, a 14 seed. Yeah, you guys are probably like, no way. But I think the Bobcats, they're 9-1 in their last 10. Kansas State is only 5-5 five five in their last 10. Now I know they play in the Big 12. It's a gauntlet. The teams they're playing are as good as any in the country, much better than the Big Sky where Montana State resides. But I think Kansas State, out of all the three seeds, is the weakest, probably most ripe for an upset. I mean, they have two very dynamic players in Keontae Johnson and Marquise Norwell. But... Noel, excuse me. But I I just... I, I mean, I'm being a little ballsy here. I'm going out on a limb. But I think the Bobcats, they have a great guard in Raekwon Battle. I just talked about how important guard play is. And Kansas State's very turnover prone. They turn the ball over at an alarming rate. Montana State is a very good defensive team. I mean, we've talked about it with other teams here. Stylistically, they're going to slow the game down. Kansas State likes to run likes to run. Montana State likes to grind it out, use the whole shot clock, etc., which can breed an upset if they're able to get, make the shots they need to make and keep that game close. Kansas State will get tight, and they're going to be playing an unfamiliar style to them. They're basically going to be playing Montana State's game. I think if Montana State can hang around, force some turnovers, get some easy points off that, I think this has the makings of an upset, and I'm going to call it outright that the Bobcats beat Kansas State and move on to the second round, get their first ever tournament win. Now my dark horse pick, it's a shame we get this game in the first round, because 8-seed Memphis looks as good as anybody right now after their shellacking of Houston, the American title game. They draw the 9-seed FAU Owls, first tournament since 2002, great coach in Dusty Mays. I thought they should have been a higher seed. I mean, they're ranked in the AP Top 25, I know that's not the end-all, be-all, for the committee, but I thought they should have gotten at least an 8, probably a 7 in my book. Nonetheless, the winner of this game would, in all likelihood, play Purdue. I think the winner of this game could very well beat the Boilermakers. Purdue has looked vulnerable. Zach Eady, obviously, he gets all the, the praise, and he should. He's the best player in the country. He's dominant. He's a matchup nightmare. Nobody has someone that can guard him. I mean, 7-4 averages a double-double. And Memphis and FAU doesn't have a guy to guard him or lock him down either, but they don't need to because Purdue's guard play is lackluster. It's subpar. It's not that of a one seed. We saw Penn State gave them fits. Really, teams all year have given them fits when pressing. And Memphis and FAU have the benches as well as the speed to give Purdue, speed up Purdue's guards and give them trouble. Zach Eady can go for 20-10, and 10, but if the guards are turning the ball over, they're not making shots. It doesn't matter what Zach Eady does. So I think the winner of Memphis FAU has a very, very real chance of upsetting the Boilermakers going to the Sweet 16 and wreaking havoc in this bracket. The final four pick coming out of the East and going to Houston, I have the Marquette Golden Eagles. Shaka Smart, obviously we know he's been to the final four before at VCU in 2011. Things didn't work out so great for him at Texas. Now he's at Marquette and he's got a great team and a team that might be flying under the radar of some people, but I'm going to tell you why they shouldn't be. Great offensive team. 
take a ton of shots, play with pace. They had the Big East Player of the Year and Tyler Kolak, a pass-first guard who takes care of the ball, can make shots if needed. They have guys all up and down their lineup that can make shots and shoot the ball from long range. But the key to this team, I wasn't a huge believer in them. Then I watched the Big East Tournament, and they played terrific defense against St. John's, UConn, and Xavier in the title game. If they can play defense like they did in the Big East Tournament, they're as good as anybody in the country because they're going to score. They're going to make shots, but they were playing terrific, terrific defense. If they couple that defense with their offense, I don't see anyone in this bracket being able to beat them. I mean, they'd probably draw Michigan State in the second round and then a Kentucky or K-State in the Sweet 16, and I think they beat both of them, win the Elite Eight, go to the Final Four, for the first time since Al, no, Tom Crean got in there. So Tom Crean and Al McGuire have both gotten Marquette to a Final Four. I think Shaka Smart joins that club this year. Now moving on to the Midwest region, where Houston is the number one seed. And for me, my upset pick in this region is the Drake Bulldogs out of the Missouri Valley Conference. The Missouri Valley Conference produces winners in the NCAA tournament. It's been well documented, whether it's been Northern Iowa or Loyola Chicago, or if you go back even further, Wichita State making a run of the Final Four. They have produced great teams. It's a very slept-on conference. There's a lot of good basketball in the Missouri Valley. And Drake is the winner this year. They beat Mississippi State in the non-conference. Mississippi State obviously made the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. So Drake is no slouch. Rightfully so, they're a 12 seed. Their average starting five is 23 years old. That's older than some NBA teams. So they have experience, and this team made the tournament in 2021, so a lot of those guys have played in the tournament before. They're not The, the lights aren't going to be too bright for them. They're star players, the coach's son. It's Tucker DeVries. Averages 20 points per game. He's a sophomore, so amongst all these veterans, he's the key player, and he's a sophomore. He's dynamic. He's long. He's tall. He plays the three or the two. They can kind of interchange him, but he can shoot the basketball, get to the basket. He's the Missouri Valley Player of the Year. Averages 20 points per game. And another nugget on this game, because they draw Miami in the first round, Miami's Miami's big man, best post player, Norchad O'Meara, questionable, has not practiced yet this week. And I'm recording this on Wednesday. They play on Friday, I believe. If O'Meara doesn't go, Miami really lacks big men. I mean, they have great guard play. Isaiah Wong, Wuga Poplar, the list goes on. But Drake, they're a very good team. They do everything well. They can get into a track meet if they need to, but they also are going to play stingy defense. Darnell Brody then could be an issue for Miami down low with no O'Meara's. Brody is a solid big man, three-year starter there. Keep an eye on O'Meara's status. But I like the Bulldogs to upset the Hurricanes, and I think they could even get to the Sweet 16, depending on what happens with Indiana and Kent State. And that's another game to keep an eye on. I think the Golden Flashes could pull off the upset there as well. They played Houston to five points on the road. They played Gonzaga to seven points on the road. Very, very good team. And another conference, the MAC, that always seems to produce Cinderella teams. So keep an eye on the Golden Flashes. My dark horse pick in this region is the Penn State Nittany Lions. Thought they should have been seeded higher. They got a 10, but they're playing like a a 5 or a 6 over the last three weeks. I mean, they've through at the end of the Big Ten tournament, their, their previous 17 days, they had won six quad one games. Some of the at-large teams in this 
field don't have six quad one wins on the whole season. Penn State got six of them in two and a half weeks. They're very senior-laden team, veteran presence. The The Big Ten tournament, they blew right through. Nothing was too big of a moment for them. They're well-coached by Micah Shrewsbury. He might be getting a bigger gig after this tournament. They have a second-team All-American point guard, and Jalen Pickett averages 18 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Just a very good all-around player. He can score in the post. He can shoot the basketball. Penn State's not that big. They don't have a great post presence, but they can shoot the basketball. 13th best three-point shooting team in the country percentage-wise. Andrew Funk, Seth Lundy, Pickett, Cam Winter, all those guys are a threat from deep. They're very, they can spread you out. They can play a four-guard lineup with Miles Dredd down low. Very dangerous team. I, I think they make a run to sweet, to the Sweet Sits team, possibly the Elite Eight. They're playing as good as anyone in the country right now, in my opinion. But my final four pick in the region, the Houston Cougars, the favorite to make it to Houston, their hometown, out of the Midwest, led by Kelvin Sampson, great coach, not talked about enough nationally as one of the best coaches in the game. Very complete team. They have NBA talent, which is kind of unheard of in the American Conference. They play great defense. Like I said, Maybe the only team better than Tennessee defensively. They only give up 56 points a game. Marcus Sasser, if he's healthy, that changes this team as well. He wasn't good to go in the AAC title game, which might have played a role in their loss to Memphis. And I think this region in general is not the, is probably the easiest on paper, seeds one through four. So I think it breaks well for the Cougars to make it to the Final Four for the second time in three years. And last but not least, the West region which is obviously headed by the Kansas Jayhawks, the reigning national champions. And what did they do this year? Oh, they just went out and got a one seed. Led the country in quad one wins with 17 in the toughest conference in America. Won the conference regular season. And Bill Self obviously was in the hospital for the conference tournament. Got to keep up with his status. But according to everything coming out of Lawrence, he should be on the court for the NCAA tournament, which is great for him. Great sign to see. Glad he's healthy. My upset pick in this region is the VCU Rams. They've pulled many an upset before in the NCAA tournament. This year, get in as the conference winner out of the Atlantic 10. They won the conference tournament. Really, they tore through the A-10. I mean, they dismantled Dayton in the conference championship game, and Dayton's a solid, solid club there. They draw the 12 seed. They get St. Mary's in the first round. St. Mary's is a very good team, I think. This is unfortunate for St. Mary's because they're another mid-major program. I think if they were able to get by the Rams, they could possibly make a run. But I think VCU is playing their best basketball right now. They have been for the last month or so. Ace Baldwin is their point guard, A-10 player of the year. Great passer, scorer, great defensively. Very, very talented player for the Rams. And they, they the Rams are top 20 in forced turnovers, which we talked about it with the Montana State upset, if you can force turnovers and get free points in transition, that primes you for an upset. It lets you hang around, even if your shooting might not be the best on that given day. So I think I like the Rams to upset the St. Mary's Gales, get to the second round. My dark horse team in this region is the four-seed UConn Huskies. According to all metrics, Ken Palm, Nett, Bart Torvik, wherever you go, 
their top 20 team, top 10 team. The de- the computers love them. Obviously, they haven't played like that at times this season. They they lost to Marquette in the semifinals, the Big East tournament. But I think this team, if they can put it together, there's tough a matchup for anybody in the country. They have a great big man in Sonogo. Very, very good. And then they have great guard play with Hawkins, among other guys, Jackson, etc. This is a very difficult matchup for teams defensively. They can beat you inside and out. They beat Bam in the non-conference, so they've shown they can beat the best of the best. If this team can click, put it all together, if Dan Hurley can find a way to get them to play their best basketball during these next two, three weeks, they can make a serious run. I mean, I'm talking Final Four national championship run. In the end, though, I don't think they're consistent enough to come out of this region. I got UCLA, despite the injury to Jalen Clark, which obviously hinders them. I think Mick Cronin, we've seen him do at UCLA with an 11 seed, get to the Final Four. This team is better, and you might remember some of the names, Tyre Campbell, Jaime Hawkes, they're still there, and they're veteran guys that have been to a Final Four. Not many teams have guys like that on their roster in this tournament, and I think they can carry them and lift them up in tough moments. Excellent defensive team as well. Like I said, veteran leadership. I think they nip Kansas or UConn in the Elite Eight and get to the Final Four. So my Final Four, Arizona, Marquette, Houston, UCLA. Three two seeds and a one seed. We'll see how it goes. March Madness, you never know what happens. Obviously next week will be the week of the Sweet 16 and Elite Eights. We'll, some of these teams might be eliminated by then. Who knows? Anyways, that's what I have, and that's my breakdown of the NCAA tournament. We'll have more coverage next week based on what Tennessee does and the rest of the tournament, etc. Now moving on, last but not least, the Lady Vols. They got a four seed after losing in the SEC Conference Final. They draw St. Louis, and the great thing about a four seed for them is those games will be at Thompson Bowling now. That's the way the women's tournament works. The first and second round games are at the higher seeds place. So they get St. Louis, and then the winner of the 5-12 game in the round of 32, which they're, same as the men, would play Thursday, Saturday. And not to be overlooked, Tennessee women's basketball has played in every NCAA tournament that has existed. Every Division I women's basketball tournament the Lady Vols have been a part of. This year, no different. Kelly Harper, looking for back-to-back Sweet 16s. We'll talk about what they do this weekend on the next podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is the best time of the year. Great sports time, March Madness, nothing better. Hopefully, both the men and women still have games to play next week, and hopefully me and Davis have stuff to preview. Thanks for listening. This was Episode 5. Like always, like, subscribe, whatever, on Instagram and Twitter. That's the best way to keep up with us. Thanks for listening.